What we do here is go back, 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 back. But God damn it, am I going to be no. so pissed off if we don't win on Monday night? Welcome everybody to the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me as always is my brother Andy McDonald. And what up? We are uh, we're coming here for our uh, for our preview of week two. Um, we got a bunch of bunch of segments to go over for you. We're gonna run over our fantasy teams that nobody cares about. We're gonna hit you with some mortal locks of the week again, and we'll hit you with another Raiders Saints preview. I'm gonna go over the defense. Andy's gonna go over the offense. We're gonna give you a few things on who we think might ball out someone to worry about who might fall out during the game and then just kind of give some predictions. Um, so got a lot planned for you and, uh, yeah, we'll just kick it off. I'll kick it over to Andy, um, for your fantasy team. Uh, mm-hmm. who do you think has the best matchup this week and who is someone or, you know, maybe a couple people you might be worried about? Yeah. Um, well, man, I'm excited for week two. Um, this is, it's going to be fun. So I, uh, you know, last week I was I was pretty worried about my receivers. Still took took the W, which everyone cares about. You know, like we'd always say. Um, but this week it's actually kind of flipped. <clears throat> We're recording this Friday night, um, so I wasn't able to list Nick Chubb, who I had going off last night for a buck twenty five and two tugs. Oof. All good. Thank you, thank you, buddy. Um, what I would say for my best matchup right now is uh, Mike Evans. So he um, he's going against the Panthers this week. He got cleared today. He's fully healthy. Um, He was banged up last week, had, I think, four or five targets and only got in the end zone once, but he gave me some six. He gave me six points. Um, The reason I like this matchup is, is A, we're going against the Saints, or not the Saints, the Panthers, um, but Chris Godwin's banged up. So he's in concussion protocol. This is a big get right week for um, the Buccaneers. And I really think, you know, even Bruce Arian said it in his press conference this week is he, he felt bad that he didn't get you know, enough scripted play for Mike Evans. He didn't target him enough. So I like his matchup against the Panthers. Um, you know, the Raiders took advantage of some key, key matchups there, but we didn't, you know, we don't have anyone like Mike Evans on our team. So I like Mike Evans versus the Panthers <clears throat> right now. He's projected 13 points, but I think he, he gets to, you know, anywhere from 90 to 110 through the air. And I think he gets in the pay dirt at least once. So yeah. that's my best matchup that I got going right now. Um, and then my worst matchup where do I start? So I have, um, right Stevie now Johnson. I got yeah, Stevie, Stevie Johnson, Stevie, uh, sorry, Stevie Miller. No, Scotty Miller. Scotty so Miller I, I didn't, it. I didn't trot out. So <laughs> uh, once Evans got cleared, I didn't, yeah, I didn't roll out Scotty Miller. Uh, Scotty Miller balled out too. If you look at the stats, he did, he did, he, he, he some, did well, man. Yeah, he got more yeah, targets than Mike Evans. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that shifts a little bit this week. But, um, so right now I got, um, Cortland Sutton, my flex, he's questionable. He's going to be a game time decision. You know, I guess luckily with with the person that I have possibly replacing him, they're both 10 a.m. games. So we're going to it's going to be a 943 a.m. Western or West Coast time, you know, plug and play. But I have him um, right now as in my flex 
I don't feel great about it. They're going against the Steelers, which is going to be a tough matchup anyway. So um, it's kind of, you know, they, they shut down, you know, the Giants as much as they could, but I have him in my flex. But I also have DeAndre Swift in, in my on my bench, and I have on Johnson. I picked both of those because I'm like, on Johnson is going to get the targets, and he's going to get the rushes in the beginning of the year. He got like four carries because they signed Adrian Peterson, who is like 43 <laughs> years old, and he ran for like 90 yards. And I was Somehow. Like, That's perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, yeah. And then so DeAndre Swift had like 30 yards, got in the end zone, so and dropped that big touchdown to, to win the game against the Bears. But so I'm kind of sitting with both of those guys um, ready to go. Um, I did make a claim and this is just late breaking news i made a claim on jerry judy Ooh, he, he was available i know i'm playing that's, in a weird league that's a, i think there's some people that knows good. what they're talking about and some people don't so um yeah i have a claim for jerry judy i won't find out until 12:01 a.m on saturday so mm. this might change but it'll give me a little hand handcuff for uh yeah, sudden if he great. doesn't go i might plug and play there but um so really <clears throat> best matchup mike evans against the panthers you know, I have Sutton right now. I hope he can go. If not, I'll probably like the running backs always the, the, the more guaranteed, you know, if you're kind of weighing the two because they're going to get touches regardless, this just so happens to be a running back by committee with Adrian Peterson, carry on Johnson, who's non-existent, but still in the rotation and Deandre Swift, who just dropped a game winning touchdown. So <laughs> yeah, it's not a good look. I'm trying to get, some, yeah. So, so I'm doing great. Time. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll just roll Dallas Goddard and I'll just run a two tight end back, you know, looking out there. So, um, yeah, so right now that's kind of where I'm, where I'm struggling, but you know, that's why I get paid the big bucks to play fantasy for free and yeah, exactly. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So, yeah. um, what about you? What's your fantasy, you know, best matchup of the week? Um, well, my best matchup of the week, I'm going to start with my worst matchup of the week. Um, my worst matchup of the week is uh, unfortunately a twofer, um, because I have, um, Will Fuller, and I have um, Deshaun Watson, both on the same. And they both are playing Baltimore, who has probably mm-hmm. one of the best all-around defenses um, in the league. And I, I'm i not not going to run Deshaun Watson. Um, right. I also feel like if they're going to do anything, Will Fuller is going to start getting targets. He saw, I think he saw like eight or nine targets uh, the first game, caught like six or seven of them. And I, I think that they're going to try it. If they're struggling, they're going to try to get him the ball, manufactured plays somehow. At the same time, it's just like that's uh, such a hard defense to go across. They didn't bode too well against the Chiefs, um, hoping things will turn around. But I'm just like weary of that, and it's kind of a shitty position because I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start my you know best my quarterback one best players on my team, um, and then his top target as well. So um, in a little bit of a it's not a pickle because I'm not going to change anything. It's just one of those <laughs> things where it's like, oh, I'm kind of worried about that one as we come, yeah. come up to Sunday. Um, my best matchup that I'm, I'm excited about is um, part of what we will be um, previewing later on in this. And that's um, Darren Waller going up against the saints. Mm. Um, one of the biggest things that I'm excited about is, having someone in the Monday night game. I'll have three people in the Monday night game, but when you're in fantasy, you're playing, following along on Sundays. You're like, how are scores doing? But then you always think like, I got that Monday night guy. Like there's a, if, oh, yeah. something, if something goes South, you always got that to, to fall back on. Um, it's the light at the end of the tunnel is what yeah. a Monday night game is. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think just with Waller, such a, a mismatch on anybody. And I think that uh, they, he had a, 
he had the most targets and the most receptions on our team last week. I think they kind of started to like feel like, okay, we got to start feeding him the ball and they started to feed it to him. And I think they're going to get even more into that, especially with the fact that there's a good chance we could just be in a big shootout with Drew Brees. Um, you know, I feel like they might just like go to him early and often and just try to get him the ball, to let him do stuff. And um, I think that with how good they're, they got basically like two number one corners on that defense and with how good they're, that is, um, you know, linebackers and safeties having to cover Waller. I think there's a lot better chance to take advantage of some things there. So I'm excited about that. Um, it's kind of, uh, like I said, two-parter of like, being a Raider fan and also having that, uh, that final safety blanket on a Monday night. So. Oh yeah. You yeah. can always rely on it. So, so I guess just to cover up um, your worst matchup, you're worrying about Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller. Yeah. You're not going to not start Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Obviously. You're not going to not. Get and you're also autograph. That's exactly my point. So you just got to rock it. I just say, go yeah. Will Fuller. He could stub his toe pregame and he's out for four to six weeks. So yeah, just be, exactly. Be conscious of that. <laughs> Um, well, no, I, I, I like it, man. I, I like that you got three Raiders rocking on Monday. That's going to make an electric uh, recap episode um, <laughs> that will be, <laughs> will be yeah. covered on Monday night. So, um, well, I guess I'll transition then to our mortal lock of the week. Um, and, and guys, <laughs> this is called redemption time. <laughs> you know, some see this as, you know, it's, it's risky, right? It's, if you're listening to us, as we know, thousands, millions, of people are tuning into us week in and week out. Um, I could, I could see that you're, you're a little hesitant to listen to me, what I'm saying right now. Some see this as an opportunity just to be play safe and just, just, you know, go with something that's easy. There are two things about opportunity, Mike, and let me explain. Please do. Are you, are you familiar with this? So the first thing about opportunity is you got to see it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so if you see if, if opportunities in your face, you got to see it first. Got to be able to recognize thing, it. Absolutely. You got to be able to diagnose it. The second thing is you got to seize it, you know? So I, I'm taking this as an opportunity to seize the, the folks that, that just called me out week one that just yeah. said, well, I'm not listening to you, man. You know, oh, and I hate I a lot that. of doubters. That's fine. Yeah. And I'm good with that, but I, I, I want you guys to know I have your best interest and I'm seizing this opportunity to take, the Bills minus five and a half on the road against wow. Miami Dolphins. And someone would be like, oh, the Dolphins, sick, dude. No, check it out. Dolphins actually played the Patriots pretty tough. And it was a kind of vanilla game. I think the Patriots are playing the long game like they always do. They didn't show a ton. And it was kind of an oddly close game. And the Patriots covered at the end to make it, I think it was 21-11 or what have you, right? So I'm taking the Bills on the road. I just don't think – these teams are even close from a talent perspective. I think that the bills on both sides of the ball are stronger five and a half. When I look at that line, I just say, okay, it's, it's touchdown. That's all we're talking about here. So are the bills a touchdown better than the dolphins? So when you start on the offensive side of the ball, the Patriots lost two key players on, on their side, right? So that's Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, that really were the, um, you know, the captains of their, of their defense. And so the dolphins didn't, you know, roll them by any means on the offensive side of the ball, but they had, they had some good drives. They had some good looks, but I think the bills from the front four, you know, to the second and third line of defense, I think they're a lot stronger and more talented than, than the Patriots, just in my opinion. So I think they're going to be tough on, on, on the defense side of the ball. And I think Josh Allen, who looks great in shorts coming off the bus, he's, he's just going to roll, you know? 
So I, I, I once again, I, I just think they're talented. I think they're they're better than the Dolphins on both sides of the ball. And, and when it comes to five and a half points on the road with no fans, like, dude, unless you trot two out there and, and, and he makes something out of nothing here, I, I think the Bills roll, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say something along the lines of a 24, 10 um, score there. So that's why I feel great about taking Bills five and a half. Um, unlike the Falcons last week, I haven't bet on the Bills just yet. There Probably won't just <laughs> yeah. so I can fade myself in a sense, but you know, this is an opportunity for me to ride the ship and, and I'm, I'm excited about it. So I'll kick it over to you for the, your mortal lock of the week. Well, I like that. I like, uh, like putting your boat in Bill's mafia this week, week two. Yeah. Um, definitely agree with all that. Mine, my mortal lock of the week. Um, I am going to go with the New York football giants at a plus five and a half. And they're going in against play Chicago. And the reason um, I'm choosing them is because um, Chicago's not that good. Chicago had Chicago won week one. They were getting mollywopped. They made a comeback. It was, you know, it was what it was. They they did it. They had they did good. They as you said earlier, they lost because they dropped a you know ball in the end zone. Um, Swift dropped a ball in the end zone. The Giants, they lost last week. But they lost 26 to 16 to a very good Steelers defense. Um, Daniel Jones went out and threw two touchdowns, almost threw for 300 yards. You had um, Slayton went out and got 100 yards, both of those touchdowns. Obviously, tell he's got kind of a favorite guy. But I think that that Giants team went out and showed that they could kind of like compete a little bit, I guess, with, um, you know, one of the more legit defenses in the league. And I think that they're going to come out and against a bears defense who isn't, you know, they've got very good pass rush. Um, I don't think they're nearly as good as the Steelers defense is. And I think that the giants could come in and potentially, um, you know, I, I'm not going to say like beat them outright, but I think that they could win this game and definitely keep it within, you know, a field goal or a W. So I think that um, this is a good time to go bet your hundred thousand dollars on the giants. If you want a good, you could even, uh, you could double up on it and, you know, bet a straight money line and for them to cover. So uh, I think, I think that they could, that's a little riskier one, but I I definitely think that they're going to cover this for sure. I think they could outright win this game as well. So, and also too, sorry, uh, Barkley didn't really do much in last, last week's game. And I think that he, we, we saw what Josh Jacobs was able to do to that Bears defense last year. Gash him. I think Barkley can just – he's going to need a breakout game to kind of get back on track with things, and I can see them just kind of just blowing it open. So, No, I like that. And it, it's funny because, I mean, when you say the Barkley thing, he's – I'll just say – what you know, I'll call it what it is. Like, he's more talented than Jacobs. He's more versatile. Yes, he's more he, – he's faster. He's more agile. You know, I think Jacobs is, is more efficient. I think he takes less risks, and because of that, he's more productive in certain scenarios, but it, it's just funny because, you know, the, the uh, lions were down 17 or sorry, the bears were down 17 to the lions. So if, if the lions actually executed the right way and, and beat the bears by, let's just call it seven or 10, th- this game would probably be as close to a pick as, as, as we can. Right. And yeah, exactly. The giants on the flip side were up 10 to three on the Steelers. And if they control that game and it went, you know what I'm saying? Like the line can move so much and that's yeah. what you're recognizing is you're like, dude, the Giants actually played better than what it looked like. The bears were behind and it took three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and a dropped touchdown for this line to be what it is. So I yeah. love that actually. 
I'm not, you know, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to bet on it, but I no, might I bet $10 just to, you know, just to back you on that. So I don't know why we've chosen that number as the number. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I, I mean, it just I, came I, out. That's an we, all in, you know, bet. we have a, we have a range of fans, you know, anywhere from yeah. having 10 bucks in your pocket to 2 million. So we just called it a hundred thousand. So I yeah, think it's split it down the middle. <clears throat> right. And, and if you, you listen to week one, I would just listen to Micah and I'm just, I'm just taking this chance to, to get right with, with my, with my peeps, you know, I don't, and maybe, not, maybe, maybe I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, getting a little wild with it. Um, you can, you're, you're one to know, you're one to know on the year, dude. Like we're, we're going to keep track of this on, on who wins this mortal lock of the week each week. So yeah, we'll throughout have to the keep season, it. so don't even worry about that. Yeah. Even, I mean, our fans could probably go out and even put a mortal lock on who's going to win mortal locks over yeah. the course of the season. So, yeah. I mean, so swipe up. If you want to see that <laughs> platform of betting, just, just swipe up. We don't have, because we have, we don't have that technology <laughs> yet. You can't, I don't think you can swipe up. Nope. On the podcast, well, yep. Our producer just got my, we don't have that yet, but okay. <clears throat> I think that's something we'll look into. Um, so before we go into the Raiders saints preview, I just want to get a couple things right on my end. Okay. I think it's just called, you know, you got to look at the tape, right? When you're, when you're going into your next week. So for me, when I'm going to, into my next week, I, I listened to our podcast last week in the, in the, in the preview, in yeah. the recap. I want to make sure that I'm reviewing the film. You know, like I told you, I like to, I like to lay in bed and just visualize how I'm talking, <laughs> what I'm saying, right? I want to get two things right that I actually, actually misquoted last mm. week. So one of the things is I said that the, Niners were up 21 to 10 on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That was wrong. They were up 20 to 10. The Chiefs won 31 20. Hmm. That's how I got mixed up. That's on me. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Second thing is I did call Darren Waller Darren Wallin. Oh. And that's my fault. I, I was thinking Jason Witten because I transitioned oh. to Jason Witten. I might have been thinking our old roommate Shane Wallin well, from Chico. I'm not thinking. exactly yeah. sure. <laughs> Hey, shout out to Shane, who's who's a strength and conditioning coach for the Cubs. So I wanted to get that right before anyone gets in my mentions on the Twitter <laughs> that I don't have and 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 starts roasting me. Okay. Yeah, but they can't have. I digress. You gotta you gotta put your hand up where it's where it's needed, and you know, I'm glad we could straighten things out. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just trying to own this at at, at the end of the day. So, yeah. um, well, cool. So I'll jump into the the Raiders Saints preview on my end. So last week I did defense, and this week I'm shifting over to the offense, which I think. It'll be good for us to kind of Flip pinball up. back and forth um, each week and, and get a good gauge of, of what we know on both sides of the ball and, you know, evaluate each matchup. So I think when we look at it, like we talked about last week is, is our offense did well. I feel like our offense operated, you know, to what, to what we expected, you know, we scored 34 points, which is, you know, I think it's, it's good for anyone. Um, I, I, I do think we took, I, I do think we took the foot off the gas um, towards the end of the game, that was more so controlling the clock and keeping our defense off the field. So, but when I look at this, it's a completely different matchup, right? You have the Saints coming into town who just really control the game against the Buccaneers, which is, it's tough. You know, they have, you know, like we mentioned, a strong offense, high flying offense that I think has taken a step back, which you'll get into in the next segment. And then I do think their defense, who has been bad for many years, is actually one of the stronger parts of their, their yeah. team collectively. So, you know, when you look at it, you're like, man, we, we kind of, First game, Josh Jacobs, 95 yards, three touchdowns, you know, the whole game. We kind of funneled our offense through that. But I do think we showed in our passing game that we're versatile enough to spread the wealth a little bit um, to really – we can dink and dunk. We took a couple shots, and I think, you know, we'll have an opportunity with the Saints, um, you know, really stacking the box and, and focusing on stopping the run to take some shots early. So that's kind of where I'm going to get um, to my first – 
point of the previews. I think we have, you know, we have to get DC cooking early. I think he's got to take some shots early in the game. Um, I do think our offense is, is versatile enough to, you know, let's just start off the first drive, first or second drive and, and hurry up. Let's just put the, put the pace on them a little bit. Um, they have been, the saints predominantly have been more of a run and shoot team in the last five years. And they, they want that pace of play. So on the flip side, opponents have said, Hey, we're going to slow the game down. Right. So we're going to slow the game down. We're going to control the clock and we don't want this to be a shootout kind of how we view the chiefs right now. Right. So yeah, we don't want exactly. to get the shootout with the chiefs. We're going to hang tight and just hold, you know, control the line. So I, I kind of think the opposite. I think we should go out and, and let's be aggressive. Let's be aggressive and get DC some confidence. Let's get him airing it out a little bit. Um, I know rugs has been limited in practice, um, but because we had that extra day, I think they're giving him a couple days off, having him work with the trainer on the side just so he can be fully ready for Monday night football. And, it, and it's a lot easier for a receiver who's not taking hits. So think of a lineman or, you know, or let's just call the injury report in a sense, right? So you got Trent Brown who's on the injury report. We have yeah. Nick Kwiatkowski, who I might say his name every podcast just because I get it wrong every time. <laughs> But we have both those guys that, and, and contact and impact and, and pressure on the injury that they have is, is a play-by-play issue, right? With Ruggs as a receiver, he's someone who you can hold out of practice and he can be limited or questionable but still have a lot better chance to play on Monday night, right? We have the extra day and he plays a position that isn't going to face that kind of impact. If we're going to be in a heavy set where we're going to try to run the ball, he doesn't even have to go on the field, yeah. right? So I think that's somewhere where even though people are worried about Ruggs' injury, he's someone who can still be a little bit limited in practice and still make a big impact on the game. In my opinion, if he's on the field for 60% of our offensive snaps, he's going to pose a threat on the defense um, that's going to benefit us regardless. And and he might not show up on the the stats or or the box score, but he'll still show up as an impact on the game itself because we don't have a player like that on our wider in our wide receiver group that will impose that threat. So all in all, I'm saying that DC needs to get going early. I think we need to show the threat that we can stretch the field early. Um, and that's not even, that's not 40 yard bombs, you know, play action bombs down the field. Like we did against the Panthers. It's, it's being able to, to hit these deeper post routes It's being able to hit these, these corner routes with, with Waller. You know, it, it's one of those things where I think we need to be aggressive and not, play soft in our first game at Allegiant stadium. Come on guys. You know, but that's kind of what I'm saying is like, let's get out early and, and try to put the pressure on them. So I do think, we, I don't think we have the offense that is just going to be like, we're going to be in a shootout every game, but I do think we can pose a threat and also be able to change the pace over to the running game. So that's where I'll shift a little bit yeah. is, is there has to be some kind of focus there. I do think Josh Jacobs is someone that is a workhorse and can carry the load, but I think he's best when, when we're working off play action, when we're starting the drive in, in, in four wide receivers and he's in the backfield. Right. Um, I, I think that's something where we can, if we can be aggressive early and we can show that we're a threat and we can push the ball downfield, it's going to make those, you know, those stretch runs when we're in, you know, 21 personnel, two tight ends, one back, you know, we'll, we'll do a, a play action off that. We have Waller, we have Foster Moreau who needs to be featured more in my opinion, Jason Witten's on his, He's a cat. He's on his eighth life. He's almost on yeah. his ninth life, right? I don't it's like know why he got any. Well, he got that, that flat route, you <laughs> yeah. know, on the goal line against the Panthers that got like one yard. So I, I think that we can, if, if we can get in that 12 personnel, right, and be able to go work off the play action, stretch the field, you know, a little bit like that, then Josh Jacobs can be more effective when we get into our, our normal sets and we even spread it out into our, our shotgun sets and be able to run him off, off tackle in a sense. So I think 
I know I'm kind of saying both sides of it, but I think we need to start early aggressive. I think we need to be able to facilitate Jacobs in the run game. Um, but from an efficiency standpoint, we don't want to be too one-sided. Um, like I feel like we were towards the end of the game against the, the Panthers. And, and really, I think it's going to be best for us to be effective throughout because this is going to be a four-quarter game. I hope I hope we're yeah, not getting right. blown out. I hope we're kind of going blow for blow a little bit. Hope we're but, still in it in the fourth quarter. Um, absolutely. So on to that note too, you uh, we kind of talked a little bit about it when we were watching the game, um, but you saw some stuff like with like read option going on with Rugs, and um, yep. you know you saw they they ran the read option. Card dumped it off to him and he got nine yards or so. And then ever since then, um, you know, they would run that play and the defensive end and the linebackers were floating with it and kind of having to account for that. Um, and there's a few times Josh, they gave it to Josh right, you know, off the right tackle and, you know, he picked up seven, eight yards. And so having that as your point to rugs being on the field and them having to account for him on top of the fact of getting Jacobs integrated with, you know, different motions going different types of, you know, looks and all that stuff, as opposed to just like, take the ball, take the ball, pound it down the throat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if he, if he's going to go do that, great, but getting him in the passing game, getting, you know, rugs incorporated in that read option, all that stuff opens it up for Jacobs too. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that that's a really good, good way of looking at it. And and so I, I focus a lot on, on more of our offensive side. So I guess let's shift to the defensive side for the saints, at least. Um, I'll try to make this as clear and concise as I can. Yeah. Um, but they, they have a really good, you know, front four, dude, you know, you know, you have Cam Jordan, you have Sheldon Ranklin, Sheldon Rankins, excuse me, Malcolm Brown, Marcus Davenport, people forget they traded two first rounds from Marcus Davenport. They don't get roasted about their shitty draft picks, but (laughs) I digress. Um, That's just the Raiders. But so Davenport needs, he needs a flash for them at least, but they have a solid front four where they can control the line. And then similar to how we talked about the Niners last week, they kind of rely on that front four to get pressure. And then they intertwine a little bit with some strategic blitzes with Demario Davis, you know, with, with, cause he, he's special on that defense. He's, he's one of the best out there in the league, in my opinion. But um, so they, they kind of rely on that front four to just kind of hold the line a little bit and, and set the edge. And, and that's where I think, Hey, let's just play to their hand a little bit and, and stretch the field. Let's go, let's get them in some nickel covers. Let's get them in some nickel sets and, and really stretch that because outside, in my opinion, outside of Mark, Mark, Marshawn Lattimore, I, I do think that, their secondary, their secondaries, whatever. Like they have Malcolm Jenkins, they have Janoris Jenkins, who had a pick six and went to the house, but there's a reason he's on his third or fourth team. Right. Um, so I, I just think that we have an opportunity to, to really attack their, their secondary. And, and I, I do think we can intertwine Jacobs here and there. Ultimately, I do hope he gets more than 20 touches, but how you, I guess how you spread that out through four quarters is more so my focus. And I think it can be in an efficient way. And I think DC works off. He's a rhythm guy. He's a confidence guy, and I don't think he ever his confidence ever shooken. Um, but I do think he'll kind of be like, okay, this is a Josh Jacobs game. I'll take what I got, right? I think if we center it on him and our weapons that we have, I think it, it'll be in our best interest, right? Yeah, um, I don't want to get in a shootout with the Saints as much as the next person, but I, I don't think there's, you know, as, as they're as explosive as they have been in the past year. So I'll stop there. Um, I do have my ball out or fallout for the next segment that I will I'll leave. But let's let's transition to you to the defense side of the ball. Yeah, so I'll get that defense and we'll get into that. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, this is quite the quite the um, challenge we have ahead of us in this game. Obviously, Drew Brees, the Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best out there. Um, this offense itself, one of the more potent offenses, has been for a few years now. Um, 
caught one of the biggest breaks we could potentially catch with uh, Michael Thomas being injured and had a high ankle sprain in the uh, game against the Bucks, And so we really lucked out in that aspect. But they have talent all over the field. Um, and so they're not going to have any problems, you know, kind of maybe not necessarily finding that next man up, but like, okay, we'll just, you know, feature something else somewhere. Um, our defense last week was not great. Um, gave up 30 points to Teddy Bridgewater. And, uh, you know, they came up when it, when it mattered at the end of the game, but there was a lot of concerns with the DBs as there always is. But I think the, the concerns more of the fact that they're just young and they're trying to gel together. Um, uh, Abrams looked great. We're, uh, you know, kind of hoping that he can kind of step up and just lay hat like he did last week and um, just kind of set the tone out there. Um, I think that actually um, we could, the biggest thing we can do this game is really just to get pressure because we didn't really get any pressure whatsoever on Teddy. And I think if we can kind of get to breeze and put pressure on him, make him get the ball out quick, as opposed to letting him go through his reads and then finding the open guy that slips behind Eric Harris because he wasn't paying attention. Um, that's going to be huge. Also huge on the back end for our DBs that are, you know, like I said, young, trying to work together. So if we can get pressure on them, that's going to be the biggest thing for us. They, uh, I recently, um, to plug the website, wrote an article for just blog baby. Um, and it was three things to watch in the game. Um, one of them being, uh, the saints running backs in general, uh, because Michael Thomas is out, I feel like that they're going to um, be in a lot more like 21 personnel featuring their running backs. You know, obviously Alvin Kamara just recently got extended their you know, superstar main guy, but Latavius Murray's run, run pretty well for them too. They got Taysom Hill um, that they feature a lot as well. So they got three, you know, essential playmakers that they can kind of put back there. I think Kamara will see a lot more time um, obviously receiving, but in the slot too, so that they could essentially get, Kamara in the slot and Latavius Murray in the backfield and, or, uh, you know, maybe they do split backs and, you know, run some RPOs and just try to get things off there. So it's going to be a big game, in my opinion, for our linebackers, um, trying to, you know, protect against not, not letting the big play happen, um, through the air, but also they've got, you know, plenty of talent, at the running back position that they could essentially just hand it off to one of the three, you know, talented playmakers they have that you know that they that they put back there so it's going to be definitely going to be tough um i think that um like i said if we can get pressure on breeze that'll help a lot um i think that we did a really good job well i won't say a really good job i think in the first half of the panthers game they did really well at containing christian mccaffrey um, I think going in the third quarter, he only had like 33 yards and 10 carries and he had a touchdown, but that was like a one yard punch that he got. I think if we can kind of do that um, and help contain Kamara for the most part, um, it'll, it'll go a long way. Um, it's just seeing whether someone like Manuel Sanders and any of their other receivers are going to step up. Um, I, I have no doubt that I think they could shadow Trayvon Mullen on Sanders and he could just go against them, try to lock him down the whole time. And, um, essentially take away that number one uh, target that he has at his receivers, but they also have another long, you know, Raider great as of recent Jared cook at tight end. So it'll be interesting. Um, Breeze targeted him uh, a decent amount in week one. So um, I think they'll, it's just one of those things they got, they got talent everywhere. So it's like, if 
if we can lock down Kamara, you know, they can hand the ball off to Latavia so they can throw it at Jared Cook. Um, I think that it's going to be a tough time. The defense is just going to have to step up all around. Like everybody's just going to have to be on the same page and play well. You know, the defense line is going to have to get pressure. Linebackers are going to have to cover and the DBs can't let shit behind them. So I think that's like, oh yeah, just ask the defense to be perfect all the time. But I rambled on a lot. I think that we, I think Michael Thomas being out gives us a great shot at, at competing for the most part. Um, last time we played the saints, we beat them. So, you know, I, I'll write off of that. That was oh, yeah. four, four years ago, but um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for just, you know, the Monday night game, the challenge at, you know, one of the best teams in our, uh, on our schedule that we play is going to be our first game in Vegas on Monday night. A lot of, a lot of young players haven't played on, you know, on at this big of a stage yet and there's no fans there. So it's probably going to be weird, but you know, it's just like, you can't help but just get juiced for it. And as much as I know the saints are a great team and you know, there's a good chance they hang 45 on us. I'm like, yeah, we can fucking beat these guys. <laughs> you know, yeah. All we got to do is this, and we just got to, you know, offense has got to be clicking, defense just cover. We're good, but yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I think it's it's definitely scary when you see Teddy Bridgewater hang 30 on you, and then you're like, okay, what's Drew Brees going to do? You know what I mean? <laughs> you're like, he's infinitely better than yeah. the first guy. So, but I'm just hoping that things things gel well and that they get out there. Um, I think it'll be. Um, I I I haven't heard anything specifically yet and maybe i'm just out on it on um quickowski's um status for the game i don't think he's been ruled out yet i think there's a chance he still plays so i think that would be huge having him out there um and as you can go uh read in my blog for just blog baby um one note was also uh quickowski and and brown's um injury status for this game as well so yeah go check it out go give it a read but yeah this is going to be a very tough game one of the tougher ones on our schedule and i think that we've got as best a situation as we could with michael thomas being out outside of everybody being out <laughs> um but yeah we're i'm living on no. a prayer for this one but oh yeah bon Jovi I'm, I'm, rambling. I'm rambling on no no, you're good. I, I, I actually really, I think you made some, some really important points. The, the first point is the fact that you plugged your just blog maybe twice <laughs> before we even concluded this. So I think that's, that's important that's for you. Um, the second thing is, is the fact of the, of the status, right? I, I think you have Michael Thomas who he is going to be ruled out. Um, and, and I think that gives us such a significant advantage when you look at our defense and how we're shaped and, and we don't have a lockdown corner. We don't have someone who can battle Michael Thomas. We'd be, work until you know 4 a.m each night trying to figure out a game plan around that guy so but i think you also spoke to the versatility of that offense is like okay cool michael thomas is out but alvin kamara is gonna be in the slot i think that's something people should pay attention to more times that there's latavius murray and alvin kamara in the backfield and they motion out alvin kamara to go into the slot i think people will be surprised but i think that's a huge note to put on and also the versatility of Taysom hill so I do agree with you. I think it, it's just going to create such a unique challenge for our defense. They always run some kind of trick play once or twice a game. Um, you know, Taysom Hill is getting paid, you know, 10 and a half million a year. <laughs> like Taysom Hill, yeah. who's their, 
third string quarterback, but he plays H back and he plays tight end and he, and he's in the backfield and sometimes he throws the ball. It's like, dude, that's a lot to keep, you know, on, on your, on your docket in a sense. So I, I think you make a ton of great points and, and we're just going to have to be versatile, but it's in the best situation that we could beat. The yeah. saints are, are one of the top three teams in the NFC, in my opinion. And, and to take them on a week two after a win, first game at Allegiant stadium, no Michael Thomas, let's roll. You know, yeah. I think that's, if there I, was I any time to get it. <laughs> No, I, I think you make you make a great point there, and I think a lot, and and maybe that's just us talking ourselves into this, you know. That's all. That's. Of, and you guys hear the recap episode, and the and the Saints beat the Raiders thirty-five to seventeen, and we're just yeah. like, God damn it, we knew it, you know, whatever. Why did but, we talk ourselves into this? <laughs> no, but I, I do think it's it's important to touch on. Hey, this is where things can go well, and this is why we should be optimistic, and this is why, man, you know, there's still the Saints, and there's still Sean Payton, you know, running that offense, so. Um, well, good. Yeah, good stuff, man. I think that's great. Oh, that, and the other thing I was going to say is Kwiatkowski for the injury report. I, we'll see that tomorrow. So we're, I believe because we're, so we're recording this on Friday, <coughs> excuse me, that the teams that are playing on Sunday have to release their injury report on Today. Friday. Yeah. Um, and I think the Monday night report will come out tomorrow on Saturday. I believe mm-hmm. I could be wrong there, but that's, we haven't seen any designations for yeah. Brown or Kwiatkowski or Rugg. So Something yes. to keep an eye on, but if you want any more information, go to Just Bog Baby. Microphone. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, good stuff. So I will, I guess, so I'll shift to my ball out or fallout new segment that Mike came up with, um, ball out or fallout. So I'm going to take the offensive side of the ball. Um, so my ball out, so it should be a player or positioning group, and I'm going to go neither, right? Because <laughs> that's just who, who I am. Um, I'm going to go really just the Raiders. I think more of the strength and the ball out of this game that we have an advantage on is within the hash, right? Within the seam. So what that means to me is in the passing game. So you kind of took my Waller advantage a little bit. So that's why, no, you're good. I think it's important, but I I did kind of shift over. So I just think our strength and what we're going to be able to capitalize on is working the seam. So that's whether it's Waller, that's Renfro in the slot, that's Josh Jacobs and the option route that you touched on as well. Um, because when it comes down to it, the strengths of this team, in my opinion, are on the outsides of their line with Cam Jordan and Davenport, um, and then also with Marshawn Lattimore on one side or the other. The advantages we have are within, you know, Demario Davis, he'll be strong side linebacker. He sometimes goes into the middle, but they typically blitz him a lot. So I still think we have an opportunity to capitalize within the hashes from a passing game standpoint. So I think that's a strong option for us um, strategically. And I think that's the ball out group that's going to be Waller, Renfro, Jacobs, mostly eating between the hashes. And if we can do that, it'll allow us to stretch the field um, when it comes east to west in that sense. Um, my fallout is pretty straightforward. It's whoever is going against Marshawn Lattimore. So <laughs> yeah. whether that's Ruggs or whether that's um, Edwards or Aguilar or Zay Jones, whoever he's covering, just don't look that way. Just just scheme against him because he shuts down. He's, in my opinion, top five corner, top three, you can make an argument. He is so talented. He'll press you. He'll get in your grill. He can run with anyone. Um, so I think with Ruggs, I think he can press Ruggs. And I think Ruggs beats him in a foot race, but you got to get off press first. And that's what yeah. he's usually struggled with in the beginning. So he can do that. And then he can also go take someone like Mike Evans, who's 6'5", and just dominate him. You know, he can get in his grill and, and fight. So that's someone like Brian Edwards, 6'4", 230. He can get in his grill. And so the fallout positioning group on the offensive side, whoever's going against Marshawn Lattimore, stay away from him. 
I'm not big on just cutting out a certain part of the game plan, but if I was Gruden, go somewhere else. So that's my ball out or fallout on the offensive side of the ball. What do you got for the defense? Uh, so for the defense, um, for me, my ball out of this week, I think is going to be, um, I have Trayvon Mullen as my ball, ball out this week. Cause I think that, um, Michael Thomas being out, they're going to look a lot to Emmanuel Sanders to step up. Uh, I think, I, I don't necessarily think Mullen's going to be, you know, following him all over the field and shadowing him. Um, but previously with him being um, on the Broncos, they've had some matchups and Sanders has won that, those matchups, but that was also when Trayvon was a rookie. And, and uh, so I think that there, he's going to on the, the big stage on the bright lights, he's going to be asked to cover who's basically going to be their number one receiver with, with Thomas out. I think he's going to lock him down. He's going to shut him down and he's going to, uh, you know, may even have a pick. I don't know. Um, but I think he's going to, I think he's going to go in and he's just going to show that show why he's our number one, um, get out there and he's just going to have a, a hell of a game, you know, essentially shutting down whoever he needs to, to, um, lock up the, you know, any other main guys on the outside, mainly Emmanuel Sanders. Um, my fallout for this is going to be, um, I guess just our linebacking crew in general. Um, I feel like, like you mentioned, when they're going to have two running back sets and they're going to motion um, Kamara out. I, I mean, whoever's guarding him is going to have a tough time. I think we saw uh, uh, Morrow covering uh, McCaffrey a decent amount in coverage. So if he's out there, it's going to be tough for him. And then the rest of the, the linebackers having to try to read against, you know, the running backs coming and, and covering tight, you know, Jared Cook with the tight ends. I think the linebackers are going to have a tough game because Michael Thomas is out and they're going to rely more so on the running backs and the tight end. It just puts an even bigger kind of thumb on top of the linebackers to, you know, really step it up and, you know, make or break it. I think I'm not saying that they're going to completely break and be bad, but I think that that's, that's the group that's going to, if any group is going to, is going to fall out of it, it's going to be them just being overloaded with, you know, dealing with all the extra assignments from where their offense focuses on. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you nailed it. Like because of what you mentioned before with Kwiatkowski, he's he's uncertain right now. He, in my opinion, he'll probably be ruled out. Um, so I, I think that that creates a void with someone who a you know came into the week one corner defense, and then like you mentioned, Morrow's going to have to match up against Kamara. Then you have Littleton against Jared Cook. You know, Raekwon McMillan's predominantly a run stopper, so they're going to test that group early, uh, early and often. So I like that pick. So um, uh-huh. let's. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna transition to the next thing. Um, yeah. Basically, before. Um, so next, we'll go into our predictions, uh, basically of of um, you know what we think for the game. Um, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, what is your? I mean, your your point prediction and your outcome prediction are pretty hand in hand. <laughs> so um, yeah. I'll kick it to you first. What What do you think the score is going to be, and how do you think we fare? That's a tough question. Yeah. Um, so right now, I, I think just from a line perspective, it's Saints minus six in some areas. It's Saints minus or minus five and a half. So, you know, that that's kind of all the same. It's oh man, it's tough because I feel like I just got all fired up about where I think we can exploit them. And, and you talked about our defense and being able to neutralize their attack and, you know, the, the 
the environment of the first game of the Legion. We're coming off a win. No Michael Thomas. I think a lot of things bode well for us. I, I, I feel like it's important to be, this is a Raider podcast, but I need to be as, as transparent and as truthful as I feel. I, I do think that we stay in the game with them. And I think we battle four quarters. I do think we cover the line. Um, but I, I, at the end of the day, I don't think I have enough confidence in our defense to match up first and foremost. And then secondly, make the proper adjustments to, um, adjust to Sean Payton because not a lot of defenses do that in general. Okay. Um, so I, what I have for the score and I really hope I'm wrong in the cool kind of way is saints 31 Raiders 27. I think we score with them. Their defense is tough, but I do think we are able to manufacture some points. Um, so that's three touchdowns and two field goals. And I think the saints get on the board. Um, they trade one less field goal for a touchdown four tugs. Um, field goal 31 27 saints Raiders cover I think we play them tough I, I it's just it would be hard for me and I, I I'm totally good with whatever you have I don't even know what you have I think that's cool about this is we don't share these notes but I have saints 31 27 in a game that is going to be even harder for me to explain and be good with on our recap episode so if, if you're listening right now tune into Monday night because it's going to be electric be I'll go to you yeah, yeah. no, I com- for our prediction. I completely agree with you. And I think that um, it's, you know, as important as it is that we um, sit here and, and go back and forth and, and almost kind of talk ourselves into, you know, these are things we can, we can do these things and this is what we'll need to do to beat it. I think it is very tough. Like you said, one of the best teams in the NFC um, that we're going up against and with how bad our defense played last week you don't necessarily expect you know you can't necessarily expect them to keep up with a drew Brees. however yes yes however <laughs> oh man there's something there's something in the air on monday nights something something about the prime time something about the the uh, the national stage i i agree with you it's going to be tough to try to stick with Brees. i think we're going to be in somewhat of a shootout and we're going to have to try to keep up with them. But my prediction is that the Raiders win this 30 to 27. You want to know why they're going to win 30 to 27? Please tell me. Because I haven't seen this much need for magic to happen as much magic comes about on Monday nights. Then when the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl, Ooh. and I had that Bobby kind Boucher of showed up for the just, second half, exactly. And what I'm telling you is, this isn't a guess; is what it's going to be. It's what it's going to so. be. Oh man, that's a great line. Yeah. Oh, that fires me. <laughs> I'm so pumped. I I will, I hope you're so right, and I'm so wrong. Um, Nothing other than I, the fact that I think I I I I hope we can win. I feel like there are definitely some things we can win. Doesn't realistically i mean the saints are just really good and there's a lot going against us but yeah the monday night magic i'm 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 here for it i love that oh dude that fires me up so much well here's the thing and then this is why i i'm i i get super excited about what you're saying and, and i i can i can get behind it right 100 percent um I, I look at the schedule and i i look at it and say okay where 
where should we win? Like the Panthers, like last week I was like, dude, we have to win this game. Yes. Like that's something when you mark on your schedule, like we have to win this game. Um, but it's gotten to the point where in my household with my wife, I tell her before the game, she'll ask me, she's like, okay, are we, are you guys supposed to win this game or are you not? And I'll say, okay, we're not supposed to win this game. So then my attitude after the game needs to be reflective of whether we should win the game or not. Right. So if I'm freaking pissed, she's like, yeah, you guys are supposed to win the game. You lost, which happens not more often than not. Right. But she can at least understand it. And she gives me an hour because she's very sweet. Mm-hmm. most of the time she gives me an hour to be mad she said you can be mad for an hour after the game or whatever so i look at this and say if we play the saints tough if we show out on prime time we lose in a tight game i still think we can look back at this and let's just call it three or four weeks and be like dude that was i think we played well yeah, you know played hard yeah but god damn it am i gonna be no. so pissed off if we don't win on monday night even though i'm telling myself right now that we shouldn't win and i don't think we'll win but I just fall back into everything that you said. And then you said the mud dog bourbon bowl. And then that got me even more fired up about what you're saying. So the the first time, the first time there's a third and eight and we do a five yard out, things are going to be flying. You're going (laughs) to, it could be the the second quarter. And it's just like, fuck. Yeah. And you were, you were there on the first game. Like she, she gave me Avery and I have, I have a daughter four four months old confirmed. I'm a confirmed sex haver. So yeah. All you that don't have kids then, you know, (laughs) prove it luck. Um, yeah, prove it guys. Um, but no, she would like give me Avery on like a third and seven just cause she knows I have to be calm. And I'm like, this is, and she, but that's, she's Sean Payton to me, right? Yeah. She's just, she's just, it's part of the deal. I'm like, how did you read that book so fast? But anyways, I'm excited, dude. I I think that's, I'm really fired up. I think it's going to be cool. I don't, um, I think we're kind of getting dogged as like, oh, we let the Panthers back in the game. It shouldn't have been that close, like whatever. But like you said, there's magic on Monday night, first game of the Legion. Michael Thomas is out. Saints got to go cross country. Let's roll, you know, let's get fired up and let's, let's get after these guys. And yeah, the and best thing say. about Sunday is that your Sunday is not ruined because Raiders play Monday. Exactly. You know? so, so Sunday is a great day. I will say before, before week one going through, I kind of just went through the the schedule to like, you know, go through a win loss of each game or whatnot. Definitely put the Saints down for a loss because I was trying to be realistic right. about going through things. But this is game week and this mm-hmm. is the preview <laughs> pod and I'm been fired up and yeah. I'm I'm calling a I'm calling a magical W on this one. So um, I'm good with that. Okay, I'm so that. last thing before we wrap up the pod, we are going to add another uh new segment and it's uh answering the reader's questions readers great readers because you know you're not listening to this <laughs> the <laughs> listeners listeners what do we call them because they're not our we can't call them a posse so they're like our um, squad our raider yeah, take our squad, squad. Our, our raider take squad we had some uh, Ra- raider take squad questions come out um first ever question we're taking is uh from b bauer um okay. he says hi rtp first time dmer long time listener oh yeah Am I a bad fan if I leave red zone on with an occasional flip to the live stream of the Raiders game? Now, I want to take this one first and then I'll flip Thank it you. over to you because my first initial reaction is that you don't talk about another man's fandom. You don't you don't judge, right. you don't, you know what I mean? You, you're who am I to lay the levels, lay the grounds of someone's fandom or not? Um I don't necessarily think that 
you're a bad fan, I think that priorities could be kind of rearranged a little bit because as we are huge fan of the NFL in general, Raiders are kind of priority. Um, so I think what you need to do is I need, you need to watch the live stream of the Raiders game and then flip to red zone on commercials to kind of catch up on things as opposed to, you know, making red zone your main spot and flipping back to the Raiders game. Um, that's just me personally. And like I said, not, not here to talk about another man's fandom. Um, I don't think you're a bad fan at all because you're listening to this pod and you're, you're watching games on Sunday. Um, so that's all I can ask for, but my, I just, you know, get your priorities straight and in order, um, as far as Raider games and, you know, red zone on the side. So I'll, I'll flip it over to you. What do you, what do you think? Um, well, I think it's a great question. I, th- I think he's he is already positioning himself as an RTP award-winning listener or listener of the year, however we deem the, the awards at the end of the year. Um, it's tough. It's tough because I agree with what you said. We can't talk about another man's fandom. We can't talk about another guy and how he supports. He or she, this can be a, a gal. I happen to know yeah. who this is. Yeah, He's a good friend of mine. Many guiles I give him. He's not a gal. That. He's not a gal. He's a man. He's 40. Okay. I may be off on the age, but I do think that whenever you're dealing with a situation in life where you have to decide whether you should intake more red zone or intake more of your team live stream, that's a good question. It's a good problem to have. If we're going to address the, the question he did ask, I would have issues with where he's, with where he's aligning his priorities. I think you nailed it. I, I, I am someone who, after a good drive, I have a hard time even changing the channel on commercials because that would create bad vibes. Yeah, right. I hear you. So I do agree that you should start with the live stream. I think you should have red zone as an option, use it however you will. Um, the problem is, is that if you have, which the Raiders have a lot of one Oh five early slate. So this is West West coast time for all our main listeners out there on the East coast. This is, you know, it's tough because it's the witching hour and you have those 10 a.m. games that are going into crunch time that you really want to dial into. And typically the second slate, the afternoon slate is, is a handful of games. So here's the only way I would condone that priority that he has is that if it's in the beginning of the game, okay, if it's in the beginning of the game and the, the morning slate is still going and you either A, have some fantasy players that you need to get in the pay dirt or more importantly B, you have this gnarly parlay going off and you want to make sure that shit covers. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a priority in that sense. And then it also you're, you're able to miss some of the front end of the Raider game, the front yeah, part of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's the only way I can donate though. I, I would not do that, but that's okay. Yeah. We're not going to challenge him. And I think it's a great question. I hope he brings more questions, but that's how I I look at that. Yeah. So I, and, and I, and I'll say, I'm, I'm not saying that I necessarily condone that type of action. I'm not going to judge a man off of it. That's not what I would do though. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think if you're talking about, um, you know, prioritizing red zone because it's the, the back end of those early games, um, and you know, the Raider games getting ready to start. No, we do, especially, especially if you're running off one of our mortal locks of the week, you know, you got to make sure that that's about to cover about Mm -hmm. to hit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. There are some exceptions I would say, um, 
really if you have money on it is the biggest <laughs> the main thing if there's money yeah. somewhere on it and you need to i get it <laughs> yeah so. but i i think it's it's a good question and once again it's, it's a good problem to have it's good that he's he's he has hyper awareness around his situation and he's listening to the pod yeah how are we going to exactly. fault a guy for that mm-hmm. so thank you for the question it's much appreciated well positioned to be ready to take podcast listener of the year yeah he's front runner right now for sure cool well um that wraps up our preview episode um appreciate everybody who listens uh you know check us out spotify apple podcasts um amazon music anywhere you can find podcasts rate review subscribe um you know you're all i know you everyone's waiting anxiously for this Monday night game and we are too. And just hope we could uh, provide some good content for you to uh, get you through to that time frame, get you going um, whenever you listen to it. So. Uh, yes, sir. It's been a blast, man. We're excited for, for week two, Monday night where the magic happens. Mud dogs win the bourbon bowl. We're going. Yeah. We, it might end up being a preview and recap episode at the end of next <laughs> week if we lose. So yeah. just kidding, but cool. Well, this has been great. Um, I said, appreciate everybody listening. We'll catch you next time. All right, see y'all.